What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What is up, Kyle? It is currently 48 degrees in Alamogordo. And it is glorious. It is currently 36 degrees and looks <laughs> like the set of a like Walking Dead or horror movie because <laughs> it's all, you know, foggy and misty and yep. uh, like you can't really see the sun. So it's kind of still dark yes. and it's really cold. Well, it's really perfect. Like 30 <laughs> to 40 is kind of my my comfort zone. Anything yeah. above that, I'm usually a little warm. Anything below that, of course, that's when your toes start getting a little cold. It's hard to keep those warm. But yeah, but yeah we're yeah. doing marvelous up here. And eight o'clock is a pretty early start for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so the last couple of nights, it has rained. Well, uh, the night before last, it rained all night long. Last night, it rained on and off. And uh, so I woke up every time it started raining. So I did not, did not get a really restful sleep. But it's also kind of nice to wake up and just hear the bitter patter of raindrops on the roof this is, so this is true i i did not sleep that well but that is because i have recently made a uh, health uh, change in my life that i think i shared with you before i'll try to keep the tmi to a minimum here uh but i normally would drink about a pot worth of uh coffee a little more sometimes with espresso in the afternoon and after naps and stuff and zero water and granted, yeah, that is not coffee good. Is, is water, but it was all day. The only thing I'm drinking, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, during the baseball game at night, all day from 2.30 to about 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night is coffee. And so I decided I was going to, one, make the espresso a treat. And so the espresso is my gift if I have equal amounts water, equal amounts coffee. And so I have been alternating uh, between the uh, pot of coffee and then I just fill that same cup up with water. And, uh, and then, you know, there's usually a drop or two of coffee. So it reminds me of being home with my mom. So it's, you know, it's that week. Um, that was supposed to be a joke. Pal. I kind of, <laughs> I get it. Get you, get you. But anyway, <laughs> by the end of it, I've had really two pots worth of coffee or water. And then I usually chase that down with an espresso. And uh, then usually, you know, the rest of the game, I'll just have a glass of water. But last night, I, uh, I go to bed, do the normal nighttime routine or whatever, lay down. And the moment I lay down, I'm like, I got to get it back up. I got back up, came back, laid down, started to doze off. I'm like, man, I got to get back up. <laughs> that ended up being most of the night. Yes, so there, I don't know there how are. long. I think you get used to it, maybe. Like, right now like probably my whole body's like oh my gosh what is this foreign substance in us and uh so it's like not knowing what to do but hopefully it gets used to it and uh yeah, i don't yes there 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 are side effects to drinking a lot of water that, that's as far as we'll go with that there, there yeah, are side effects for sure so that's the change with me nice. another thing that has not changed is our girls are still going to stay with homeschooling 
uh, or virtual schooling with our school uh, when their classes start going back. Uh, they were only going to do like two days or three days, depending upon the grade. It was going to be phased in. So we would have some going to the bus, some not. Uh, and then the likelihood that they all come home really quick. <laughs> and so it was like it was just too much at once when it's not just all set. And so my hope is after this uh, six weeks, actually, there's is nine weeks after this nine weeks, maybe their return will be kind of all in one and a little more normal. And uh, and we'll go back then. But so they're still home. So we're navigating that. Uh, y'all haven't missed the beat because this right. whole COVID thing is exactly what y'all would do all the time. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's the perks of homeschooling is that no, nothing really disrupted for us, yes. but I know for the, for the public school kids here, they announced, um, I mean, they're, they're doing phases and with like three weeks between each phase. So they're starting back with uh, like pre-K and then kindergarten and first grade. So like if, if assuming there are no setbacks, um, it may be December by the time like middle school and high school go back. Um, so really glad, you know, Michelle and I talked about this before too. We're really glad that we are already homeschooling because none, none of that, I mean, it doesn't disrupt us at all, which, which my kids were a little upset about, right? Like when they were like, Oh no, kids have to go back to school or, you know, what are we going to do? Pfft, nothing like you're, yeah. no, nothing's changing in your world, kid. <laughs> so Awesome. And then at church, uh, if I remember right, y'all went back with uh, nursery and everything like, yeah, you know, we reopened our nursery and then we're recording this on Thursday morning. So last night, uh, we, we, uh, opened back with our, uh, youth ministry and, and kids ministry. And both, both of those were small. Um, you know, as, as I think everybody knows, it's going to take a while for folks to be comfortable sending, you know, going, going back full bore. Um, but it was good to, to have, you know, the, hear the stomp of feet upstairs again over the fellowship hall. So that, that was kind of cool. Nice. And then we went back to one service and brought back uh, Sunday school. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about this last week, if we'd even made that. Uh, yeah, we had, but I don't yeah. know if we talked about it, but it was funny because for the last, what has it been? 23 weeks, at least officially. 23 years. 23, yeah, 23, who knows? <laughs> and I know it feels like 23 years, but 23 weeks of this, and it's been like 23 weeks of when are we coming back to one service? When are we coming back to Sunday school? When are we, you know, all that kind of stuff? Like, we're ready to go. And then the moment that I change it back to Sunday school and normal worship and all that kind of stuff, it's like, so what is your 91 point plan for reintegration? Like, are we going to be socially distant in the Sunday school room? We're going to have yeah. to wear masks. Like, where where was this caution for the last 23 yeah. weeks? But yeah. anyway, we, we came back this week and it was wonderful. Had a at about a hundred or so and uh Sunday school was was a little low. Uh and uh but it was it was going great. And and, and so to everybody that I've talked to, most of the pastors that I've heard from who who started back, it's the same way. You know, as as we talked, we've here we've had about half of our people come back to worship. Uh Sunday school's been much lower than that. And and generally speaking across the board, that's kind of what I've heard. Um, you know, small groups are it may take it may take a year for small for, from now. So I mean, we, we could be very well looking at the end of 2021 by the time small groups come back to normal. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I know this is what we're talking about today, but, you know, don't, don't get frustrated with your people. You know, so, some, some folks are concerned and, you know, you're going to have obviously folks that show up no matter what, you know, you could say, Hey, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to show up and we're gonna, all going to lick the doorknobs and, and you'd have somebody that shows up and is like, all right, good, let's do it. Um, but you know, the fo- folks are going to be slow to come back and, and that's okay. You know, the, the main thing is, are they, are they continuing to grow? Are they continuing to connect with your church in whatever way they feel comfortable? 
whether that's still the online service or, or in person. Uh, so, so don't get frustrated. You know, this is as, as the, the word that has obviously been overused is unprecedented. Uh, but no, nobody knows how to navigate this. And so everyone is, is responding a little bit differently. So have patience, um, you know, love your people well as they, as they navigate this, just like you have had to the last few months. Okay, thank you, Kyle, for that wonderful, positive, and encouraging word. Uh, so to our topic today, one of the things that us doing, you know, you, you do everything in one. You, you do the live service and whoever is coming back uh, in, in one service, as I recall. For, for us, with the Wi-Fi abilities that we have, uh, I have to record on Friday and then upload it. It's usually there by uh, Tuesday. I'm just kidding. It's usually there. Uh, after a couple of hours, but I, I do that on Friday. And then what we were doing is two services on Sunday at 9.30 and 11. And one of the things that I realized was, of course, with the recorded one that I'm doing, it's a little more, it's just me and the, the camera. You know, there's there's no interaction. It's just me. For the most part, I'm pretty close to to what my outline is, my notes are. And then when it came to Sunday, of course, I've now gone through the sermon a couple of times at this point. Uh, truly preached at once. And so at 930, I'm preaching to mostly our older folks. And it's a little more traditional, a little more just kind of your stereotypical Southern Baptist sermon. And then at 11, these are our younger folks. And I've been a little more dialogue, not, not so much talking back and forth, but stepping down, walking around a little bit, just getting away from the notes and just engaging them a little bit. And around the time that I was noticing those differences between the three different sermons, I got a call or a message from Aaron Halstead with Preaching Source blog at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, which we highly recommend, uh, the Preaching Source blog there. Uh, he asked if I would write, and he gave me a topic called Sermon Ruts. And at first, I was like, I'm the greatest preacher ever. I'm not in a rut. <laughs> and then I started trying to think, what is a rut? You know, it's just kind of being stuck. You know, not being able to go anywhere. And I'm like, well, we're going through text. That's not really anything. And then it clicked. I was like, well, I've been changing these three sermons or, you know, this one sermon three ways each weekend. Like, and I realized that for the last three and a half years, there was a little bit of a rut. And so what we want to talk about today is how sometimes we can get in those ruts in our preaching where everything is predictable. What you're going to say is predictable, how you're going to say say it is predictable, your outline is predictable, all of those kinds of things. Using a pub table is predictable. Though you threw, you told me you threw your people a curveball on Sunday using a music stand. I did, yeah. So I had led, our, our worship leader was out, so I led worship. And uh, so I, I just used the music stand that I was already using. Just that way I take off the guitar and I, I told folks, all right, um, let me let me shift modes here for just yeah. a second. Let me, let me let me take off my worship leader hat. Take off the guitar. Put on my yeah. preacher hat. Yeah, take off the guitar. You didn't, a, uh, you didn't do a transition prayer. Come on, man. I, I did pray. Yeah, but okay. then I, st- I mean, I still have my guitar with me, so I'm not like you know. Oh, you can't like, do that. And, and Dude, I used you know, to, now I, we think you are. <laughs> yeah. I used to be able to do that. I'm I'm not proud of it, but yeah. I <laughs> I could I could rock that transition prayer. Uh, but Kyle, walk, walk us through. If if we were to say your sermons were predictable, what would be just your go-to outline? Just walk us through the beginning. You've walked up to the pub table. Walk us through, you know, just point by point what your outline would be. Yeah, so so it would probably be, um, uh, and, you know, you talked about your, in, in, in the article, you talk about changing your intro. And my intro is pretty much, 
uh, most of the time, it's it's, all right, grab your Bibles, go to, you know, Mark, whatever. um, And then I'll, I'll kind of recap where we've been. And then in a couple of sentences, share about where we're headed that day. And then um, I'll share a big idea with them for the day and then have them stand. We read the passage and then two, sometimes three, occasionally four perfectly punctuated points. Um, and then, uh, and, and then close with some application, um, and, and usually, uh, uh, some form of sinner's prayer. Um, you know, so, I mean, I'll have, I'll have like application points for, okay. So if you're a believer, here, here's what this passage tells us. Right. And then if you're not a believer, um, it, 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 this is where it starts. Yeah. Come, come, come to faith in Christ. And here's how you can do that. And, uh, share, share sinner's prayer and then pray in close. And that's over the course of 30, 35 minutes or so. Yeah. So for, for me, normally I'm going to introduce or, or begin everything sometimes with a, a story of some kind that's going to kind of open up to what that text is. And, uh, you know, maybe it is like we, we here right now are in first John. So people walking in darkness. So even this week, my introduction story is how Rebecca demands a nightlight in the room because at night, usually her, her husband, I know that this would surprise you, uh, who is very meticulous about where things go, does not care where his shoes or what he's going to put on at 2.30 in the morning goes. And so sometimes it's just thrown in the middle of the walkway and she'll trip over it. And uh, so she demands a nightlight. And so we just kind of use that example. Well, we talked about with our book, the, uh, the cry night, you know, where all the lights are out and all that kind of stuff and the light comes on. You know, so I use some of that as just to, you know, to, to begin that talk of darkness and light. And, uh, and then I read the text. We stand, uh, stand for the reading of God's inerrant, infallible, and inspired word from, here's the text. We read it. I pray. They sit down. And then normally it's the context uh, what my main idea or the sermon in the sentence is, my points, and then go through the points, and then my text-driven invitation, uh, which kudos to you for having application or conclusion based on that text. Well done, Kyle. I'm glad you read my book and learned how to preach. <laughs> uh, but uh, but so I, I realized in how I was doing it between those three services, I was shifting some of those and getting some different results. And so that, that allowed me to kind of write this, this article. And so what we are not saying is don't, don't go away from whatever the structure of that right. text is. That text that you have, whatever pericope it is, already has your outline for you. Uh, so we're, we're sticking with that. But everything else, I feel like, uh, should, should be, for, for us at least, willing to move around. Uh, trying new things, keeping them instead of just knowing exactly what's going to happen next. And there's, there's an idea for familiarity that's helpful, but at the same time where it's predictable is a hard walk, a hard line to walk. And so I've got five things that I encourage us to consider changing in the article. And the first one is your intro. So Kyle, you stand up, turn to uh, Song of Solomon 1-1 uh, and uh, hold hands with your wife and let's read together. Da, 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 da. So that's how you normally do your, your introductions. What Something are some like other ways you could intro your service? So if, if, if in my study, I come across a, um, a really interesting story, um, I, sometimes I will lead with that. Um, and, and it just depends, you know, it depends on the text. It depends on, 
uh, the commentaries I'm reading, you know, it, it, I, that's not something that I will spend hours um, trying to search out, you know, for like the perfect introduction. Uh, but but if if in my study I come across a, a really cool story, um, then then yeah, I'll, I'll share that. Um, so so that's one way. Uh, how about you? How do you change your your intro up? Uh, sometimes I sing. Uh, sometimes I dance. Uh, sometimes I stand on the pulpit and shake my arm in the the air and say, "You demons." Uh, no. Um, so, so sometimes I jump because I don't normally do it. Sometimes I'll jump right into open your Bibles to first John or, or wherever we're at and let's stand as we read from God's yada, yada, yada. And then we'll read it right off the bat. Um, you know, kind of like Chandler or whatever, uh, let's go. Like, you know, you just dive right in and then other times it'll be an, an illustration. Sometimes I'll, I'll do the context there. You know, last week we saw yada, 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 yada. And this is continuing to unpack yada, yada, yada. Here's now what we're going to see in the text today and give my main idea there. So they already know what they're looking for in the text and so forth, and then go on. So there's a few different ways we can change up the, the intro. Uh, but the, the idea, and, and another thing that I've, I think I shared in the, the article, actually, we'll touch on that in just a moment, the, the um, kind of predictability of my illustrations over the last couple of years. Uh, we'll share that in a moment. The other one is changing your cadence. Now, this I am terrible, terrible at. Um, that is partially because there is a strong expectation to get out at 12 o'clock. And so I've got like 40 minutes of content, really, that I'm kind of squishing into about 25 minutes. And so it's like it's loud, it's fast, and it's all the, the same. Like my inflections are there. It's up and down, all that kind of stuff. But every week it's predictable. It's just a fire hose. And, uh, and that's what some of the people at the church are going to talk about. And uh, so what I have tried to do there is cut out any fluff. And, and I'd already done that because the sermons needed to be a little shorter here. Cut out any fluff that I've found. And that way I can just really slow down. And, and typically I'll just slow down at the conclusion, the invitation time, just to really connect, really hone in on every response that there is to this text, whether it's for the believer, the unbeliever, whatever. Uh, what about you? Are you, I can't remember, are you fast or slow? So I, I think I've slowed down I mean, a little bit slow, through the years. But... Right. <laughs> I, I think I've slowed down a little bit through the years. Um, man, when I was a youth pastor, like on those Sundays when I would get the opportunity to teach, well, I was excited and we were going and, and, and I would preach to the um, adults like I would preach to the teenager, right? Which was fast. And um, so I, I think I've slowed down a little bit, but I just have a natural a naturally kind of fast speaking voice anyway. So, uh, yeah, when I start preaching, especially when I get into it, um, I, I can go a little fast. Uh, so I've, I, that's something I've tried to work on and and I think it's become slower, but so, so let me, you know, I will argue on this that, I mean, you have a kind of natural cadence, right. And, And just in the way that you talk and, and if you, you know, if you kind of have a different, if if you have a different like preaching voice than than when you normally talk, um, I mean you're going to kind of settle into that, and and I think that's okay. So you know you think of the preachers that you listen to, like Adrian Rogers had a very distinct preaching cadence, yeah, right? just I mean, like me. something like that. Um, you know Matt Matt Chandler has a very distinct um, uh, preaching cadence you know if if you're tra- are you tracking with me you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i pointed out that i don't ever say beloved 
in normal conversation. No, never once have you addressed me as beloved. Yes. I, I never have said to you, beloved. I've, uh, well, I've, I've said this before. You, well, when, when you step into the preacher, you, you go like full 65-year-old man and, um, and preaching in the 1980s. Like that is, that is Matt's preaching persona, um, which the first time I heard it, it was so funny because I'm like, who is this guy? That, like what, what just happened? <laughs> and, and again, it's, it's, it's just a, um, it's, it's your preaching style, right? So I mean, my preaching style, hope, I, I think, is if, if I'm having a conversation with you and then I, I step into the pulpit, it's, there's not going to be a whole lot of difference. It's, it's gonna, you're going to hear the same kind of verbal well, I mean, inflections you, and the same. You cuss a lot less. In your <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, with uh, with Queen. Listen, though, please hear that disclaimer. That was a that was a joke. Matt was, was joking. Joke. Yeah. That's none. This is a joke. Kyle only cusses on Saturday. Uh, and and with Queen, we could probably say instead of cadence, you could change your octave because Queen starts high. You know, it's like the Bible says, and then you know maybe he could drop it down a little. Maybe he could drop it up or or raise it even higher. I mean, he could just drive home that point. So so change your cadence, maybe your octave a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the idea there is, is not to be who you are not, uh, but at the same time where, you know, it's, it's like your kids hearing you say the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, you, you want a little bit of spice there, yeah. uh, but it's also the same thing that you don't want too much. You don't want to change it too much where you're not right. who you are in everyday life or it's just completely off the rail. Uh, and so that's another one. The other changing your illustrations and this was easy for me because i look back at some of my notes and i found like just about every illustration was based on running uh now i'm a runner uh, i run a lot and i've run 80 or 90 ultra marathons and marathons or whatever and that's a lot of time on your feet a lot of time to come up with a lot of stories a lot of times that i've talked to people on the race a lot of things have happened on the race they can really tie into just about anything and yet I'm preaching to 150 people that haven't run half a mile in their entire life. And so I have to remember that even my illustrations, as makes perfect sense to me, there is going to be a disconnect by sheer reason. They don't know what it means to, you know, have chafing under the armpits. I mean, that's just, you know, if you're talking about bearing your cross, I haven't done that, by the way. But, you know, there's I just realized that a lot of my runs were finding their ways into my illustration. And I'm not an illustration guy. I use them when I need to. Uh, when they make sense, I don't try and force it. Uh, but, uh, but this is where you can just think through, read the newspaper, read stories, uh, you know, look, look for other illustrations. You can grab those books. I think John Piper, it might have been John Piper that said, if you have a copy of sermon illustrations from A to Z, take it off of your bookshelf and burn it or something like that. I believe it was <laughs> We, we would be okay with that. But just before you do, you might look through it, see if there yeah. are a couple of illustrations yeah. in there. Our people do love military and history uh, illustrations. They connect really well. I've got a lot of former, uh, I, you can't say former Marines, past Marines, whatever you say. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of that. So I'll share those kind of stories and they really connect. Uh, what's kind of your normal illustration, Kyle? So, uh, um, so, so I do... Occasionally, I'll share I'll share stuff about the kids. Um, I, this this will be a shock to everyone. Um, baseball works its way into a lot of things. Uh, baseball illustrations, um, 
And then, so <laughs> I had a really interesting, uh, early on in my, in my pastoral ministry, um, I think I shared an illustration from the office and like nobody in the congregation had watched the office and, right uh, and track. yeah. And so at that point I went, okay, um, know your audience. <laughs> so, so, but what I did learn, uh, up there in Clayton, uh, while, while the audience and dumb and dumber or while the office and, and dumb and dumber illustrations did not really connect, um, Johnny Cash would. And yeah. so I, I mean, I, I found that and I was like, okay, I, I can do this. Um, and, and so, you know, I agree. Um, you don't want to force illustrations, you know, and you don't want to use, you know, I remember a preaching professor one time when he was talking about those kind of, you know, sermon illustration books, he said, he, he said, you'd be surprised how many of your people already have heard those because they've been used many times. And so that's the beauty of, um, you know, reading widely, you know, read fiction, read um, history, read outside of the, you know, the B&H and, H and uh, Crossway bubble. Um, well. <laughs> um, and, and when, when you come across something that would make a good illustration, uh, you know, jot it down. Most, most Bible software has a place for you to like save illustrations. Um, you can use Evernote or shoot, you know, your, um, you know, iPhone notes or I'm sure Android has something similar as well. So don't, don't force illustrations. But but try to vary your illustrations as well. So you're not constantly sharing the same baseball illustration. I, I do have a funny story about illustrations is I had a pastor that would tell well-known illustrations, like, like you said, a lot of these people have heard them. He would tell them, though, as if he was the one that it happened to, you know, <laughs> like the, the oh. boy tossing starfish into the ocean or whatever. You know, there's so many. Why are you doing it? Will it matter to that one or whatever? He, he would say, well, when I was a boy, I went oh. with my daddy down to the beach and we had a bunch of starfish that, you know, washed up on the shore or whatever. And so I started tossing them in there. My dad said, you know, there's so many up here, you know, what, that, what, you're not going to be able to get them all in there or whatever. He said, but it mattered to that one and you matter to God. And then, like, I was like, bro, I've heard that a thousand times. <laughs> so also be honest with them. Don't. Don't yes. lie. And, yes. Don't. Yeah. Do, do not embellish yourself into some story that you have not that you have not personally experienced. Yeah. My, I will say my people do love self-deprecating um, illustrations. Like when I talk about the my inability to build tires, they think that's hilarious. If if you were my uh, pastor, I would love self-deprecating illustrations from you as well. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm sure. So the other is vocabulary. We talked about everybody knows. Chandler says, let's unpack that or whatever. Yep. Um, everybody, I, I say beloved a lot. Um, and, and I can even see that because sometimes I'll write it down in my notes and, and I look back and I see the same phrases. Um, I, I have said probably since I have been preaching a thousand times, uh, we serve the God who spun every planet into motion, flung every star into the sky. And he knows us. He cares. You know, it's just some, like, it's, it's that idea of really trying to, to, to really magnify how big he is or whatever. But I found it in so many uh, deals. And I'm like, why can't I also talk about the trees? Why can't I talk about the ocean too? Or the giraffes? I mean, that's a pretty cool thing that he created. You know? So what, what's, what's a phrase, Kyle, that if your memoir was to be titled by something you say the most, what would it be? Mine would be probably beloved. Um, it comes out a lot. What would be yours? 
Oh man, that's a really good question. Keep it, keep it G rated. <laughs> Every everything I do is G rated, Matt. I man, I'm. That's a really good question. I don't know. I would have to go back and look at my look at my sermon notes to pull that out. Nothing like jumps out at me. I'm sure I could ask Michelle, and she would like have <laughs> something right on the <laughs> right away. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing jumps out at me. Like I, I don't think I have any ticks um like beloved that, that i go to <laughs> it just comes out like I, that, that's one i don't even write like it just comes out so beloved you know as we close like beloved welcome we're glad you're here it's just it, it comes out and i yeah. don't know where i ever heard so, it it's not a word i use none of the pastors i've had have ever said it it just has become my thing. yeah yeah so uh, my like I said, so, so every every sunday i do start it, it is grab your bibles grab your bible all right grab your bibles let's go to you know so and Another that, one, that's, thankfully, that, that's a good one. Another one that I say, my people would probably say, uh, look at the text. Um, mm-hmm. Because a, as we are going along, I'll, I will say multiple times, you know, look back to the text, follow along in the text. You know, just I, I, I try to send them back to the word as much as possible. Even when I'm explaining it, as I'm kind of walking through, I encourage them, just follow along, see each of these lines, you know, in the text. Um, because one of the ways that we are faithful preachers is teaching our people how to study Absolutely. the Bible and apply it for themselves. Another thing to remember with vocabulary is knowing your audience. You know, you talked about the uh, the baseball stuff, the running stuff, or Star Trek not connecting, Office Space not connecting, or whatever. Um, you've got to know your people, too, to know Do you have people that if you say propitiation, they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Or if you say atoning sacrifice, you still may have to explain that. Uh, that there's a lot of things that you and I being raised in the church, being pastors, reading pastors, all of that kind of stuff that we will be able to communicate together and know what one another are saying for the most part. Mm. Uh, but a lot of times we're going to have people in the pews ranging from baby Christians to lifelong Christians to stagnant Christians to unchristian. Yep. Um, and so you, you want to make sure that your vocabulary is accessible for your people. And so being in maybe next door to Southwestern Seminary, that might mean a higher level of academia and your preaching. Being in a town like ours, where the lion's share of our people may have graduated high school, that means I have to be a little more careful with all of the words that I use, not just theological words. So change up, don't get in a routine and a rut of the same phrases over and over and over again, but at least the ones that are not helpful. Uh, make sure that your vocabulary is going to be accessible for each person in the pew. Explain the things that you need to. And then finally, your outline. We've touched on this. Your outline somewhat is already made. Whatever text you have, if you're a text-driven preacher, you already have a structure for you. I mean, it's just served up based on it being the Word of God. So that dictates really the the, the thrust of your outline. However, if you're like me and you've gotten into the habit of a story um, and then your text, and then a illustration, and then context. You know, if it's if it's getting predictable, maybe consider uh, you know mixing it up a little bit. Take off that sermon template off your computer and trying a few different things along the way, and seeing maybe something else connects better. And if it connects better, then do it again. If it doesn't, then try something else. Uh, but uh, but I think the key here, and and I believe Kyle would say is as you preach the unchanging word, don't hesitate to change your delivery or style to keep your sermons fresh. 
We want to keep the substance, the structure, the spirit true to the text, faithful to the text. But we also need to be willing to occasionally change up our methods, call some audibles in our delivery, keep from getting stuck in a rut. Kyle, do you have anything else to add? No, I, I, you know, I would, I would echo what you said the, uh, with, with the outline. You know, don't, don't, don't be afraid. If your kind of standard is a three-point, don't be afraid to go to a four-point or a two-point. Or, I mean, don't, don't be afraid to just go with a one-point sermon, right? Where you have like this kind of overarching thing, and then you, you point that out in the text. So, um, and I think that, that's always kind of exciting to me when I'm like, ooh, there's only two points in this one. That, that's that's going to change up the, the, the way, you know, the sermon flows and all that. So, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to do it. Um, a lot easier to uh, alliterate a one-point sermon, by the right. way. Right, but but also, <laughs> as as we said earlier, but also don't force in in for the sake of creativity, don't force um, an outline onto the text. Let yeah. the text speak, and you know. So there will be some that you could do in one in one point. There will yeah. be some that you might have to do four or five. Uh, don't, yeah. don't be afraid to do that. Let the text dictate that. As we prepare to close, I, I am pretty proud of my outline for. For this Sunday, we're doing First John one uh, five through the second verse of chapter two. A little longer text, uh, but broken up. We have the fact God is light in verse uh, five. So the fact, the fruit uh, that comes out of what we ultimately do with that in verses six through ten. So if we walk in the light, and it kind of bounces back and forth. That's why I kept them uh, together there. Uh, bounces back and forth between either walking in it or not. Uh, but if we walk in it, we have a fruitful life. If we don't, uh, then we have a barren life. So it's real easy to kind of preach through and just unpack along the way. And then we all, every single one that's listening in, everybody else on, on this earth right now is going to mess up. And that's where the last two or those first two verses of chapter two comes in with our forgiver. And so he is faithful to forgive. A lot of great texts, a lot of meat there. I'm pumped about that. So the fact, the fruit, and the forgiver. So now if you're listening into this on Friday, and you haven't written your sermon, you're now done. Uh, just go in, tee off on those things, and you are set. And uh, so Kyle, uh, real quick, as we wrap up, tell them where they can find your new coloring book. Yeah, so my, my new book, which does have icons that I guess you could color in at each of the chapter titles. Uh, they Devoted Themselves, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, just search They Devoted Themselves. And you'll find it there. And Matt, you had a release this last week as well. Well, it's another month. So it means <laughs> another book. And uh, so Jonah Over Coffee came out and took off. It, I think it got up to the highest I saw was 6,000 overall. And was number one in bestsellers on uh, Old Testament, number one in new releases in Old Testament. That was pretty incredible. And then when it dropped down below, I had the Apocrypha. Uh, above me, and I was pretty disappointed in that. Um, so I still counted that I was number one in my heart. Uh, but that's on Amazon as well. It's a 30 cup uh, devotion through the uh, book of Jonah, just a couple of verses at a time. Uh, little devotion. It's it's kind of like, if not a little better than morning and evening uh, by Spurgeon. And uh, and at the end, there's a last drop uh, that uh, that gives you a way to apply that. And at the end of it. After 30 cups, uh, you will have everything written down in little journal areas on the book uh, to either run uh, towards your call to spread the good news or run from it. And uh, you'll have people that you're praying for. You'll have a gospel presentation written out, all of that kind of stuff across the way, along the way. 
And uh, so that's on Amazon as well. So they devoted themselves and Jonah over coffee is online and then soon uh, online at Amazon. And then soon we'll be releasing the people walking in darkness, uh, a book that Kyle and I, we have uh, brought our brilliant minds together uh, to create a terrible book once again. And I'm just kidding. Uh, That's going to be up in time for Christmas. And so be looking for that. Uh, But Kyle, why don't you send us out? Well, folks, until next time, as you are reading Jonah, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare and enjoy this cooler weather whilst it lasts because it's not sticking around for long this time. God God bless y'all. Have a great week. Don't be boring. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?